I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. When we're on, today's guest, we've got boxer Andy Flute. How are you, brother? I'm good, thank you. Good to see you. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, likewise. And um, you sent me your book many months ago, gave it a read. Yeah. Great book. Yeah. A man who turned professional, but his real battle was with alcohol. Addiction. Yeah, addiction issues. Yeah. But today you're here to tell your story, brother. Yeah, yeah. In a positive light, how you've changed yeah. your life. So first yeah. of all, well done. Thank you. How have you been? I've been really good. Really good. Yeah? Yeah. Good man, you're looking well. Yeah, I'm fit, I'm good, everything's all right, man. Yeah, good. You know, you know what I mean? As you know, I always go back to the start for my guests. Yeah. Where you grew up and how it all began. Mm. Yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a place called Cowsley in the West Midlands. Um, I had a good childhood, you know, I had, it was good. You know what I mean? My dad had got a scrap business, um, you know, horses and stuff, you know. I was not never wanted to go to school, naughty. Nah. Terrible naughty, you know. But um, <clears throat> I was going to work with my dad, you know, and I never wanted to go to school because I wasn't interested in school, you know. My dad took me to a boxing gym when I was a, you know, a young lad, three years of age, and my dad was a boxer. My uncle was a boxer. My brother was a boxer. So you know, I'm going to look at the boxing, and I saw, you know, I started hanging around the gyms, you know. But um, I decided going to school, you know. I just wanted, always wanted to be my dad. My dad was my hero, sort of thing, you know. And he was a tough bloke himself, you know, and he come from tough family, family of fighters, you know. But, uh, yeah, childhood was good. Yeah. You know. Was your dad a fighter? Yeah, that's what I said. My dad was a boxer. He took me to the gym. The yeah, my uncle was a pro boxer as well. And uh, So it's in the blood then, the family yeah, yeah, blood? Yeah, yeah, you know. You're the youngest? Yeah, I was the young. I mean, How was that? That was good. My mum treated me in the baby, you know, yeah. <laughs> in the family, you know what I mean? But it was good. You know, I, I could complain. I had... Uh, a good childhood, you know what I mean? How was schooling? I hated school. I got expelled from school after. You what know, age? Um, when I was 16, just before I took my exams and that. I never took my exams. They, they had enough of me. They sent me home. What um, for? Uh, just being naughty. I locked the blogs in the boiler house. Uh, 
and they like to stay in there overnight. You know, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? and uh, yeah, I was naughty at school. You know, when Just did you start get? When did you get your first fight, amateur? I, I, I had my first amateur fight when I was eleven years of age. I hung around the gyms, just learning, uh, and I was going to the professional gyms as well because my dad and my uncle. So I was watching like good pros, you know, as well. But um, I had my first amateur fight when I was eleven years of age. A chap named Paul Flood. He'd had five and won four, but uh, I beat him easy enough. Unanimous decision at the Park Hall Hotel in Wolverhampton. You know, and I got the taste for it then, you know. But uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I wanted more. Yeah. Did you, you like know? fighting? Did you like being in the ring? And yeah, my first fight was a, you know, was a was a, was a, was an odd fight for my first fight to be honest. But my second fight, um, I stopped the kid in the second round, and uh, you know, I, I, kept, I just kept punching his head till he went through the ropes, and the referee had to stop me, you know, because I could smell blood. And I was always taught, taught by my dad to be here to not be, you know, you know, you, def, you know. The referee tells you defend yourself at all times. But my dad always told me, you know, it's hit or be it, you know, it's hit or be it. And you, I, I had that killer instinct from a young age. So you always wanted to go for the knockout punch. Yeah, yeah. I could punch. I could take a punch. I could, you know. I always wanted to, to, you know, cause as much damage as I can. I believe pain is better than points. Yeah. Anyway. So you're looking out to be ruthless to just yeah. no yeah. matter my how dad, you me, win. Yeah, my dad used to say you got to win by hook or by crook. You know, my dad because I was strong. My dad used to say to me, make sure you put it on him in the first round. You know. So your dad was a tough man straight yeah, away, yeah, just yeah. learning you yeah. the ropes to go yeah. and take yeah. no shit, take no prisoners yeah. kind yeah. of mentality. Yeah. yeah. Who was your idol when you you were younger, boxing wise? Um, I never really had one, to be honest. I got to be straight. Uh, people ah. ask people ask me that. I never really had anybody that I've you know your dad yeah only my dad but I you know if, if I used to I used to like watching I used to watch tapes of like Tony Simpson and stuff like that Charlie Magri just to just to just to try and improve myself you know I used to watch videos of different fighters just to you know improve my own style and my own thing you yeah know? but I never really had anybody that I thought you know was an idol or anything like that how many amateur fights did you have I had well over 100 you know, I won about 85%. You and know. you were captain of England I captained the England team a few times. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my best victories was when I went to <clears throat> when I went to West Germany and um, captained the team. The England coach said to me, don't throw all your aces in the first round because he's a good lad who you're fighting. And I thought, no, man. And I steamed out across the... And I went at him like Lord Onigan doing against Maurice Blocker. And um, I stopped him in the first round. But if I'd have listened to the England coach... You know, I'd have probably had a hard fight because I would have let the lad in. You know, I would have loosed, loosed him in. You know, let him get warm and, you know, let him feel his way into it. But, I, you know, I, my dad told me to hurt him in the first round. And that's what I did. And I sit him, I sit the grimace with a pain. And I hit him a couple of body shots and I grimaced him. I doubled it up to the head. He was finished, man. That was my best ever performance. Was that your mentality to go out and try and get a knockout yeah, points? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As quick I, I, as yeah, possible? Yeah, yeah. I, what did your coach say? The England coach, he, he, could, he could say nothing, can he? Because <laughs> we, we'd won and we beat the we beat the Germans. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I was captain of the team as well. You know, and, uh, was that yeah. a proud moment for you? That was a proud moment. Uh, you know, to, to, to be the best middleweight in England. You know what I mean? By the time you're 18 years of age, to be the best middleweight in England and captain of the team, that was a, an achievement. You know, on its own. And uh, I boxed for England a few times. I knocked the Bulgarian champion out in the second round. You know, I fought Raymond Garby, the world number one from Cuba. I lost on a 3-2 decision, but I had to box the day before. You know, boxing for England was an odd, odd, you know, an odd assignment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, people were saying to me, you might as well turn professional because you're boxing the best in the world as amateur and you ain't getting paid for it. And the one time, I, you know, I, I come back from a tournament and... Um, 
I had to get my own train fare home. You know what I mean? So, you know, there were no Sports England then or no lottery grants or, yeah. or anything like that, you know, so... Just working your way through the ranks, though. Yeah, just, you it, know. It feels as if you're getting used as well at not, some not, point if you're not yeah, really getting anything yeah. from it. Well, you know, once you box for England four or five times, there ain't really much else to do, is there? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I was told I was picked for the Barcelona Olympics, but I, I couldn't be bothered to wait about it. But I regret that. You know, I do regret that. Well, we still would have waited. Do you? Yeah. But I tell, I tell you, you were young and, you know... You know was that you know. to stay amateur then? So yeah, to stay to amateur. The yeah, they, yeah, they were, yeah, I was picked for the Barcelona Olympics, but I, I, I never stayed amateur. I went professional. What age? 19. Still young, especially for middleweight. Two, two months over my 19th birthday. Yeah. What yeah. was your first pro fight? First pro fight was against um, Stinger Mason from the L, um, L Graham camp. How'd that go? It was a hard fight. He was a good kid as well. He'd had a few fights already. Yeah. And uh, pretty typical Brendan Ingle style, you know, Sheffield style. Um, mm-hmm. You know, hands down low and he was awkward like, you know. But I wasn't comfortable enough. When did you start drinking? I started drinking <clears throat> to celebrate my amateur fights after, we, you know, um, got to about, soon I was old enough to drink. Um, and it was, it, was, um, it was just a normal, normal, you know, because I was winning all my amateur fights. I was celebrating all the time. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I remember once going to the, I went, went where did I go? I went on an England uh, multinationals, multinations tournament, and the, I was captain of the team there. And I got all the, I got after the tournament, I got all the lads drunk. To be honest, and, <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, yeah. and I, I was, I wasn't drunk. I was all right. Mm-hmm. I could handle it. But the other lads was being sick, and there was all. I had to turn the one over. Tony Costello, I had to turn him over, and. Um, you know, stopping being sick on his own vomit and that, you know. Uh, but, you know, it was all right, man. You know Did you have any family members have any addiction issues or anything? Um, nah, not really, nah. You know, nah. So you never seen any red flags straight nah, away dad, at such a young My dad age? was a drinker, but he wasn't an alcoholic, do you know. Social drinker? Yeah, you know, but he wasn't an alcoholic, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You know, but... Um, because you see, when you turn pro, that's when you're drinking. Well, when, when I first got the taste for alcohol, you know, I liked the taste of it. I liked what it did for me. I, I liked it. And I liked the taste of beer. You know, a lot of people don't like the taste of beer. I liked the taste of beer. It, it, you know, and I could drink anything. You know, I, I liked the taste of it. And, um, you know, but, it, you know, it was only started off just, you know, I was, I was doing my boxing. And um, it just started off as a celebration drink. And then, you know, it just, it just tend to follow me my whole career because I always wanted to have a have a drink a baby mm. ever drink before fights no I never did that but I, you know some of the some of the sparring jobs I went on with the world champions and all that you know I did I did um, get in the ring hung over a few times and stuff like that you know um, mm. when did you realise your drink was getting out of hand yeah uh, well um, to be honest it took me quite a while so yeah, because realize. because because I was getting away with it. I was still winning fights. Still fat, still healthy, still and I was still hard. drinking. Yeah, because yeah. I was young. I was young, fit, strong, tough. You know, I was very tough. Never putting off off my feet. As I when I used to think I was invincible. Obviously, I weren't, but I used to think I was because I had that mentality. You know, and I was brought up round a family of fighters. I was in the gym with all professional fighters, and I used to think, you know, I'm the best. You know, and that's that's the way that's the way I I thought. Yeah. You know, and I thought I could. I really did. I really thought I could do both. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, what age did it start thinking it's tall? Uh, well, it started to affect my career in in, in my twenties, like when I was, you know, um, and you know, and you know, this is weird. This is this is weird. You know, all through my amateur career, right? I never cut round the eyes. 
right? But soon I was old enough to start drinking. And when I st- went into the professional ranks, when I turned professional, my eyes started to cut. Now, I don't know whether that was the drink or what, because it was thinning my blood. I don't know, but, but I never cut as amateur. But when I started to drink and then I started to fight professionally, I started to cut. Yeah. So it's just weird. Yeah, I think the booze does something. It you not know. does something to your mind, but you know. it's got to maybe yeah. thinning your, your blood, yeah, like yeah. you say, or you know. weaken your skin. Yeah. It must do something. Yeah. And, it, you, know, it's, and you noticed it, that? Yeah, I noticed it because I thought, well, I've never cut as amateur when I don't drink. Mm-hmm. But now I'm, now I'm professional and I am drinking and I'm cutting. You know, and it cost me. It cost me some victories. You know, because because like when the referee stops the fight, when you when you, you know, but because of a cut, you know, it goes down as a loss on yeah. your record, and you've got to start again. Because I've seen some of your photos when you cut though. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. your oh, face goes yeah. all yeah, red, I've, I've, I've been. I've, I've had I've had some horrendous cuts, like mm-hmm. sixteen stitches and stuff. I had to go to Harley Street to have the one done in the middle, otherwise my career would have been over. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had some right bangs. You know, what mate? was your first loss like? As a professional, yeah, it was a cut eye. So I just stopped. It was a cut eye in the first round, yeah. uh, sixty seconds. Uh, I'd have, I'd have beat the kid easy, no problem. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was a walk in the park, to be honest. <laughs> How was that for you to take? But it gutted me because yeah. I'd sold a lot of tickets. Cause I was a big ticket seller. I could, you know, well late. Aye, yeah, well I was late. a big ticket seller. You know, and I do, you know, doing a promotional deal, and I could sell tickets because, you know, with that say the boxing is today. If you go sell tickets, it's hard work. You know, yeah. the promoters don't really want to know you so much more of an opponent. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you need to be able to sell the tickets. Yeah, a lot of boxers and stuff get used now, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. they do. Yeah. But, you know, I could sell tickets. Mm-hmm. I could sell loads, you know, and, and, and promoters wanted me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because of that as well. And what was your best fight? As an amateur or a professional? professional. Um, I'd say against Terry McGee from Belfast. Um, yeah, it was me. F- yeah, it was a tough fight, man. He was. He'd fought for a European title, um, yeah, and it was a hard fight. It was a bit like a bit of a baptism into the eight round category, ten mm-hmm. round category, you know. And Robin Reed as well. He was a hard fight because he won the world title after fighting me, Robin Reed. But I, I took it at two weeks' notice, and I drove all the way to Glasgow, yeah. jumped out the car, and jumped in the ring with him because because when I was on the England team with him, he was as good as me, and I underrated him. But, I, but when I got but when I got to Glasgow, he was a different he was a different yeah. fighter to what he was on the on the England team. He was he mm-hmm. was well trained and he was sharp and he was strong. So you know, all credit to him. Yeah. He'd, he'd changed and he'd improved. So he'd I, been training harder, but yeah, while yeah. you were still training, you I were was, drinking I was still harder. Drinking, I was still drinking and going out and that. And and now I got the call. I said, "Do you want to fight Robin Reed on the same bill as Nassim Ahmed?" Uh, I said, "Yeah, no problem." I said, "How much?" Which I used to say all the while, you know. And I said, "Yeah, I'll do it," you know. And I, you know, I wore in condition that I should have been you know what I mean I was just sticking over because a lot of fights depend on how fit you am before if you agreed yeah. you know what I mean but um and I drove all the way to Glasgow as well and jumped out the jumped out the car and jumped straight in the ring they, Kelvin they, Hall um I, I think it was yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, they offered me to go up the night before but I thought I don't see the point I thought I'd just drive up there beat him and come back Wait, <laughs> did your passion for the boxing go or were you just or were you boxing just to get money to pay for a drink um no nah, I, I was when I was growing up I was all right I was quite successful because we work and stuff like that working for my dad I'd got horses and stuff I worked in the scrap business money was never a problem I'd always I'd always got you know all right um you know but uh all money for drink it was like you know to try and pursue my career you know what I mean but uh, obviously when the drink just it just you know it, it, it altered it like, yeah. you, you know fought I mean? four world champions as well 
Yeah, a box more than that. A box, yeah. you know, of of if you can't know Bentley Robert as well, it's like five world champions, you know. But um, I thought it was on a short notice, you know. They'd, they'd, they'd follow me up. I thought for Glenn Catley, you know, at a week's notice, you know what I mean? Because I, I was fearless. I didn't fear anybody. I could and I could hold my own with anybody. Because yeah. you you've sparred with the likes of Nigel Ben, Chris Eubank. What were they like? Yeah, um, Nigel Ben was, you know, he, he was the first first top guy. Um, the first world champion I sparred and uh, it was hard sparring like you know when you were only a young kid because I was only young I was only I, I was only like um, about 20 21 I hadn't been professional young Hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And uh, sparring Audio Ben was hard, but, uh, you know, it was worthwhile because I learned a lot from it. And Chris Eubank, I was later on, I was more an established professional yeah. then. Then I was, I was his main sparring partner on his world tour. But I've got to tell you the truth, I drank every night while I was there with him. You know what I mean? And I could hold me on with him. And, and, and honest, he said I was the best sparring partner he ever had. And Barry Earn, Eddie Earn's dad, come to the gym to watch me spar. <coughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Chris Eubank being Chris Eubank, Barry Ayn comes down in his limousine and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, and he's going to, and, and Ronnie Davies, Chris Eubank's trainer, he said Andy Flute's the best sparring partner Chris has ever had because a lot of, Chris, Chris used to batter his sparring partners and he used to get sent home, he used to do it on purpose, you know. Was he ruthless? Yeah, yeah, proper ruthless. And, he, and a lot of, uh, lots of fighters come and they got sent home first day, you know, they, were, they couldn't stick it. And if you could stick it, you got to go. And that was simple as that. And you get somebody in who can do because it's World Championship Boxing. You've got to be able to push Chris back. And uh, I could push him back. I've done the first week on my own, six rounds a day. And, uh, but I, I still drank every day. And I remember I managed to get up and do it. And uh, a couple of times I took Ronnie Davis out with me. He went, Andy, I don't know how you drink, man, and get up and do that. And I don't know how I did myself. But when Barry Ayn come, I saw him with Barry Ayn. And uh, Barry Ayn was a great guy. You know, he, he said, you can take Chris Eubank's place at the top of the tree. His words, he said, I'll make you a world champion and a multimillionaire. He says, when Chris is ready to retire, he said, sign with me. He said, I will, I will, <coughs> I will, you know, make you a world champion. But do you see the potential in yeah, you? Yeah, because he watched me spar, see. You know, I mean, the first round, Chris Day throw a punch, because that's you, bank all mm-hmm. over. He just stood back, expecting me to go back, go at him. But I thought I stood back and didn't throw a punch either. Mm-hmm. So it was like stalemate. You know what I mean? Did he know you were drinking at the time, though? Nah, nah. I've, since I've met up with Chris after he day now, anyway. So nobody knew? So nah, nobody knew. It was only Ronnie what knew. He, uh, Chris, mm-hmm. his trainer. Because I used to take him out with me, and he used to go, oh, I don't know yeah. how you do it. That's the boxing. I remember see like, Nigel Ben, Chris Eubank, Steve Collins, yeah, yeah. even Prince Nazim. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, the fights I used to see, the entertainers, yeah. the showmen, yeah, yeah. the pure. Yeah. Now, it's, boxing's more tactical. I don't know yeah. if it's probably always been, but when you've seen these they were pure scrappers. Yeah, yeah. Just, just again. It was hard sparring with you, bang, because yeah. I've got to say the truth. 
being a sparring partner is, is just worse than fighting them because you're doing it every day. But he trying to do harm to you. Yeah, prop. every day I, I don't make no pull no punches. Like I do, I talk honestly. Chris Eubank was ruthless in sparring, right? And he tried to knock you out every day. And if he could have, he would have. You know what I mean? He would have. And um, he couldn't me. Is that the way sparring should be, but, though? But, but yeah, that's the same. It's Nigel was the same. He was, he was. Yeah. You know, they don't hold back. It's elite they, level, isn't it? They don't hold back. Yeah, and when they, when there's everybody's in the gym watching them, and you catch him a few times, you know what I mean? You know, they know them coming for you. But a couple of times, I used to hold back because you know I should just do enough. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because you know I don't want to, I don't want to keep having you know pressure, pressure, uh -huh. pressure all the time. Sometimes you just do the sporting part of mentality and just flick your jab out and just move and just and just do it like. But uh, I had a couple of wars with a few of them as well. Kalzaki was the same as well. You know, you, he was you a know. great fighter. Yeah, yeah, you know. But um, I sparred, I sparred with everybody, everybody. What was Kalzaki like? Joe's great. I'm still in touch with Joe today. He reached in the back of my book for me. Oh, I, I'm still in, in touch with him. Um, and uh, we've been mates, mates ever since. I've got friends with his dad. Uh, we're still mates today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he texted me the other day when he when he lost his um, parents and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, uh, and uh, he, he wished me all my best on my new path in life and stuff yeah, like that. Good. You know what I mean? We, you know. But sparring Joe was, you know, because he was a southpaw and so fast hands in. I'll tell you, he don't slap. It's hard, man. See, I think Joe's one of the greatest boxers of all time. Yeah, and I, I don't do. think he gets the I recognition know, I that he deserves. I think he, for people who know boxing will, yeah. will agree, but... Yeah. The thoughts that he fought yeah. and the way he won but, them, um, it, didn't, it didn't look like but he, he, a typical... He, his, his style was so hard. Yeah. You know, Tough he, man. Yeah, yeah, hard. His style was awkward because mm -hmm. of his southpaw stance as well and he's so fast. You're like looking around and it's like boom, boom, boom. You know. What was he, it, 42 and 0? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, good, good Phenomenal. Job. But, um, you know, there's that many, I, I, you know, I sparred with... Uh, I think I went about uh, everybody uh, you know I think I went toe to toe with about 11 or 12 world champions and then there's like the likes of Errol Graham Uday Mick world champion Henry Wharton the chap from Leeds who's a good fighter who boxed Ben and Eubank for the world title I had some wars with him sparring for his world titles there's loads there's, I absolutely sparred and fought everybody Yeah. You know? what was your training like when you were on the booze as well were you training I trained or were you just hard. sparring I, I trained hard you know I mean I remember coming from from, I sparred in seven odd cut, the world champion, um, and I and I sparred from. I come from Germany, and I went straight to Tenerife to spar with Henry Wharton. But I was out every night down the strip, Veronica Strip, and everything. What yeah. were you What were you drinking? I just drink anything. Man. Pints, yeah, vodka. Yeah, I'd start with a few pints, and then I'd go on to Bacardi and Coke, vodka, and stuff like that. You because know? in the book, I think it says you drank yeah. fourteen bottles of Jack D. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, in four days. Yeah, yeah. that was my worst. That was my item addiction. What was but that? While I was boxing, I was just I was able to. You know, I was able to control the drink. I that sweat and, a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'd get up and run every morning. I remember when I sparred with Eubank, um, I'd get up every morning, run, run up to the pier, which was two miles, because I'd been up in my car and <clears throat> timed it, and I'd run back and, and get all my sweat gear on, and then I'd have breakfast and just uh, have, have a rest and then get ready for three, because Eubank always trained at three o'clock. But I did it everywhere. I went all over Germany. I went everywhere. Marcus Bayer, everybody, you know, Rudke May. Well, uh, I, I, I sparred everywhere. I sparred everybody and everyone. And I just used to turn up. They used to, say, they used to phone me up and say, there's a sparring job for you in Germany. Seven Odka, Marcus Bayer, Yerudka Bay to the Cologne box camp. You know, I'll say, yeah, okay, how much? Okay, book me a flight, I'm off. If, if I was fit or not, that make no difference. How far do you think your career would have went, Andy, um, if you were off the booze? 
Yeah, I don't know really because in hindsight anybody could say that but I do, I do believe Barry Ayer would have made me a world champion because you know he's got the pull he had the pull but my, 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 he, he done his end of the deal but I never done mine because I you know I carried on my lifestyle just yeah when did know. people start seeing the effects of your drinking yeah uh, well when you're getting older ain't it when you you know as you, you ain't the same I'm you know angry frustrated yeah you know everything that comes with it yeah but uh I wouldn't. It, it took me quite some time to be, to to become an alcoholic. So I was just a binge drinker at first, you know. But um, as the time went on, um, yeah, that's that's what I become. To be honest. Yeah. yeah. And that because you became every day. Yeah. Did your dad and that start seeing things changes? Yeah, my dad tried everything to stop me drinking. He even come down my house once and locked me in the house. He said, "You ain't going out this house no more to go and get a drink." And I'd, as soon as his back was turned, I just jumped out, climbed up, went upstairs into the bedroom window, jumped out of the bedroom window with no shoes and socks on, just to go and get a drink. Yeah, it's an addict. We you can know, get you know, whatever we want, where, no matter yeah, where we yeah, are, no matter yeah, what yeah, time, yeah. we sniff anything yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That was, you know, that was, he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe, like, his son. Because I'd gone from, like, being a local hero, always on the back page of the paper for me boxing. I'd gone from being a local hero to being a local drunk. You know, and then the, the then the trouble followed me. You know, because every time I went out and had a drink, I was locked up or I was in trouble. Getting in jail. Yeah, I went to prison three times, but but I, I was getting locked up on a Friday night, then having to go in court on a Monday morning, locked up all weekend, and that used to piss me off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you you know you're locked up in court Monday morning, and that happened. That happened. Oh, I mean, all the while. You Did know? you ever try and stop? I tried everything. I, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I managed to have some sobriety and stuff like that, you know, and I did try. I did try to beat my addictions myself, uh, you know, and I could put it down for, 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 for periods of time, but then I always picked it back up. And then every time I picked it back up, it could last for a week. Uh, it could last for two weeks when I drink every day. It could last for three weeks. It could last for a month, you know. Where, where I just couldn't get enough, and I and I turned into the sort of alcoholic where the only way I used to stop was when my body used to stop me, when I physically couldn't take another drink, you know. And that's how that's how bad it was. Yeah, blackout. Yeah, I just but I, I wore out. You know, I wasn't. Um, there was no fun in it. You know, I'd just be sitting in a room isolating. I remember being sick into a pint glass, just pure vodka, and just drinking the drinking the sick because it was just pure vodka, you know. And mm. I, you know, some of the things were happened to me from like you know being a world class fighter, you know, it was it was uh, it was it was terrible, you know. I mean, you know, it was it was, it was horrendous. Some of the things, I'd, you know, like I said, I'd gone from being a local hero to a local drunk yeah. in a short space of time, yeah. And it, and it was it was it was you know for everybody who knew me, uh, knew knew the guy that I was. You know, um, it was heart wrenching to be honest. Yeah, you know, it's tough, man. Especially looking back and, and mm. talking about it, you think, "Fuck me!" But mm. you're out the other side, brother. Yeah, you're in yeah, a good yeah. place. If no, no, sober. nobody sets out to become an alcoholic. You know, I don't believe anybody's born an alcoholic. <clears throat> the reason I became an alcoholic is because I kept drum drinking. You know, and then when your body's had a, a physical and a psychological change, um, there's no operation or anything what can put it right because you have a chemical imbalance and it sets a, a chemical off called acetone. And that acetone, it just triggers it all off and you can't stop. And the only way I used to stop is that it used to stop me. You know, um, that's, what used to, that, that's what used to happen to me. Did you ever get counselling or anything? Yeah, yeah, I used to have a counselling, a bloke named Simon Hunt. 
was he? Yeah, he was a good guy. He, he tried everything, you know. He tried everything, um, but some of the things, you know, was enough to make you stop. Like by getting stabbed, you know. Brought, I mean, I went to Tenerife and I brought me back. You know, I fell through a roof and brought me back, and I got stranded there. And, and, and you know, um, you know, I had all sorts of things happen to me. I got run over. I smashed my head open, and I just lay on the floor, just blood all just coming out. You know, and that, you think that was enough that I got run over, lost my driving license, lot, lot, you know, everything, smashed my cars up. You know, got out and run off. All sorts of crazy things happened to me. You think that'd be enough? You think, well, the writing's on the wall now. You got to stop, but I couldn't. You know, I couldn't. And me being a, you know, a tough bloke, being able to fight all the world champions and do everything, you know, nothing's too tough for me. I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do it in my own strength. I, you know, they said to me, go to Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, I did, you know, because I was willing to try anything. I was willing to go to any lengths to get out the mess what I was in because I didn't like what I'd become, do you know. And I'd had, every, I'd, I'd, I'd had everything and everything was just leaving, leaving me and going. So you started to identify that you had a problem? Yeah, yeah, I tried everything. What to, age were you then? Um, I was in my 30s then, you know. Um, by the time I started going to Alcoholics Anonymous, I'd, I'd, um, I'd stopped boxing professionally myself and I started doing shows with Spencer Brown and all them from, from, from the EBF and that Gold Star and that, and I started doing stuff like that. But... Um, <clears throat> I was still battling, man. I was battling it every time. I mean, I'd done an exhibition fight with Nigel Ben when I was 42, and he's a couple of years older than me. And uh, all the build-up to it, um, I just drank every day and sniffed every day, all the, all the build-up to it. I had two days off the drink, and uh, I went to the middle of the ring with Nigel Ben, and somebody had been spreading rumours that I was going to try and knock him out. And um, I went to the middle of the ring with him, like that, and we face-to-face, like that. It was only supposed to be an exhibition. And... Uh, he said, I've heard everything you've said about me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought, all oh, right, here we go now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he come out, he come out blazing non-stop, give me everything he got. You know what I mean? But um, you'll have to read the book and find out what happened. He ended up on the floor himself. Yeah. He was tough. I hear he's a good guy as well. Yeah, he's had a, a tough, he's a, tough he's life. He's a born-again Christian as well. He's had a tough yeah. life. Yeah. So when you were going through it then in your 30s, you realise, I believe... Seeing you have got addiction problems, you want to quit every day, but mm. we've got too much pride where mm. you think you can do it yourself, or you think I'm not that bad. You look at other people and go, I'm not as bad as them, but we're all mm. in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. No matter what addiction yeah. it is, no matter no. if it's overeating, mm. drink, drugs, yeah. what it's, mm. we all kind of want. Mm. As human beings, we know what's right from wrong, yeah, yeah. But sometimes we get so d- disconnected yeah. that I had, um, I had an addiction to cocaine as well and crack, um, and speed. I tried everything else, you know, everything else, um. I'd stop drinking for periods of time and then I'd just take speed. Replace you know. it with something else. I'd replace one addiction for another. And I thought, I'm all right, this ain't so bad, you know. And then I'd do the cocaine. I couldn't get enough cocaine down me because once you've had your first few first few things, you're telling the same, you're always yeah. chasing it. And the crack was the same. I used to I used to spend a grand a day on crack. And I used to How were you getting the money? I'd got money. You know so what I mean? You had money at the yeah, time? Yeah, I'd got money. I'd, I bought my own house when I was uh, 22. I paid for it cash. You know what I mean? I got my dad scrap, worked in the scrap business. Mm-hmm. We got horses. You know, we were, we did trotting racing. You know what I mean? We do all sorts of stuff like that. You know, I was always all right for money. Are you travellers? Nah, my brother lives on a gypsy site. My brother does. We're not travellers. But, uh, yeah, I've always, I've always been all right like that, you know. But, um, yeah, you know, but the, the addiction side of it, uh, you know, I just kept trying and trying everything myself. What were you trying to block out, Andy? 
Well, I, I wasn't trying to block anything out, you know. I was just, mm. you know, it started off as just something that I liked. And then we, me with my addictive nature, which is what I've got, you know, I just, I just, I just, I just like the taste of it. So it just started off as a bit of fun thinking, yeah, this yeah. is good, yeah, part yeah. of the lifestyle, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then bang. Yeah, yeah. I really did think I'd be world champion as well, but, you know, but I, but I thought I could do well, I could thought I thought I could do both and drink as well, and obviously. Yeah. Were you still sparring with people on yeah, the crack, yeah. coke, Nah, not when, I was, not when I was on the hard drugs, I never, I went to Lanzarote when I was 40 and sparred with a Spanish middle, super middleweight champion, and I, I was battling the drink then, bad. I was battling the drink bad. I managed to do it, but I was battling the drink bad. I was drunk bad every night, and I was 40 then. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, and, uh, he, you know, he was a young lad, only 25, and he was a good, good kid. You know what I mean? And I was 40, you know, and doing six, eight rounds a day and every drinking of the night as well. You know, I wore like in my 20s and 30s like I used to be. I was struggling, you know, and that was my last sparring job. Then I day take no more after that. You know what I mean? I day take no more. Enough, know. enough. Yeah. But, um, like, what? I'd done the exhibition fight when I was 42 with Ben, but that was the same. You know, I was just battling all the while, battling. And then once I'd done that, uh, I was just... It, it, it just progressed. Alcoholism and drug addiction and everything is a progressive illness, mm -hmm. you know. It just progressed, and I kept trying to thinking I can do it myself. I can do it myself, you know. And I, and I remember once doing doing it by me in my own strength, doing six months, and I thought, I've cracked it. I'm all right now, you know what I mean. And then that little man come on my shoulder and says, "Have a drink," and I thought, "Oh yeah, I'll try one," you know. And obviously, that drink lasted for weeks. You know what I mean? Weeks and weeks. Pfft. All the good work I'd done, knocked it all down. Yeah. You know what I mean? All, you know, everything. And you know? that, you feel like a failure again, and then yeah. you start lying to people again, yeah. and it's like yeah. back to square one, so yeah. you just may as well fucking keep drinking. Yeah, and pfft, it, it, it won't have fun for me. I was in hell, I was. I mean, the, the, the thing on the front of my book, A Boxer's Journey from Hell to Christianity, is the truth. You know, I was in living hell. I used to, I used to see things, I used to hallucinate. I used to be that bad. I used to, I mean, I used to be that scared. I mean, a tough bloke like me, I used to be scared to go out the house for two weeks till I'd recovered. It used to strip me of everything. I used to be, I used to be stuck in the same clothes, unshaven, unwashed, couldn't do anything. I used to be stuck like that for two weeks in a right mess. You know, I'd piss myself, I'd shit myself, I couldn't do anything. You know, I'd, I was just a... Phys Central nervous system. Yeah, I was just, I was just, a, I was just a, phys a physical wreck. Yeah. You know, and, and if anybody would have seen me then... They won't believe you. Like, what age were you then, Andy? I was in my forties then. You know what height was the, at the drugs, the in, crack, forties, your forties. Yeah, I, I went to prison in um, two thousand eleven, 
And uh, I thought it was a joke, like, because of drinking and that. And I come out of prison and I just went straight to the pub. In no time at all, I was back in prison again. How long were you in prison for? Only three months, you know what I mean? It wasn't long, but, you know. Were you drinking I'd, in prison? No, I could have drank. I could have had some hooch and all Hooch, that. yeah. But, but I, I never did. You know, I never did. I kept thinking, I'm going to I'm gonna try and, you know, but that's mm. the thing for me. I, did, I, did, I, did, I didn't know I'd got a problem, and I did keep trying. I took some drugs in jail and stuff like that, some Subitex and some other stuff, you know what I mean? Um, you know, but uh, a day, a day I know drink, because I knew drink was me poison, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when I come out, I went to prison three times, and I come out in 2013, I thought, man, I've got to do something about this. You know what I mean? I've got to do something about this. Because, like, I'd had everything. You know, I was well off. I'd got properties abroad. I'd got houses. I bought a property in Bulgaria. I bought a property in Turkey to investments, you know. Um, I'd got, you know, I'd done, I'd, I'd done all right. And uh, everything was just going. You know what I mean? And it, it, it did. It did. You know what I mean? It did. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but uh, I carried on with Alcoholics Anonymous. And I was in and out of the rooms of IA for years. You know, but but I sat in the rooms. I got my horse on the seat, and I, people says, "Just get there, and your head will follow." But I can truthfully tell you, I don't like going to the meetings, and I don't like being labelled an alcoholic from being a you know a tough bloke and a world class fighter. But you know what? I was I was I knew I'd, I knew I'd got to do something, and I, I couldn't I couldn't do it on my own. You know, and these it's Alcoholics Anonymous. It talked about a higher power, um, and I thought, "Fucking hell, what's that about?" I don't get gonna get that, you know what I mean? I thought I'll just do it myself, you know. And uh, they told me I'd got to be honest in Alcoholics Anonymous. I thought, fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get honest. I've never been honest in my life, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And uh, you've got to do this, and you've got to do that, and you've got to get on the program. And, and I thought, fuck it, I ain't gonna do that, I, you know what I mean? I thought I'll just do it, do it my own way, you know. Yeah. I thought I'll do it my own way. Um, I got phone numbers and other, of other alcoholics. Sponsors. Yeah, and stuff like that. I waited a bit of time to pick my own sponsor. Um, because uh, you, you, if, to get a good sponsor, you need somebody who's been through it, who's, who's got long sobriety and who's, and who's, you know, who's you know, who talks a good story. Yeah. And uh, I did get, got myself a good sponsor named Paul. He was like 18 years sober. And... Um, <clears throat> You know, he'd been in All Saints in the North House for his drinking and all that. So, he, he'd, you know, his story was powerful. Uh, and I thought, I'll ask Paul. And I asked Paul. And, uh, yeah, and uh, he, I've still got the same sponsor today. And uh, he's, he's, you know, I, he, I'd like to say that he helped me a, a really, really lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did help me a lot as well. Yeah, but the first step was you helped yourself. You admitted that you wanted a problem and you stuck to the plan. Yeah. And that's where you got your results. Yeah. It can be difficult yeah. because, like you say, when you first get in there, world-class fighter, thinking, fuck this, man. You look at people as if they're weak, yeah. but we're all in the same boat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some of these guys are in these meetings for 20, 30, 40 yeah, years, I know, yeah. which is consistency to keep yeah. better in the life and these men give back to other people to help bring them up well I did all that as well you know I started doing AA service mm-hmm. because it, it was suggested to do and I was you know I was willing that's why I believe I'm like sober today because I was I tried everything you know and when they says you've got to do some AA service and I sponsored other people and I went in schools and talked and I done you know for, for, just for AA yeah. you know what I mean I went in the prisons just for AA you know and um because I was trying to help myself as well, you know what I mean? And uh, there were, I was at the stage where, you know, I was trying to do everything what was suggested to me. So, you know, 
you know, because I kept thinking I could do it on my own, but I kept failing. You know, I keep failing. I'd have a little bit of sobriety, then I'd fail. Bit of sobriety, fail. Then every every failure was like a breakdown. You know, it was like a breakdown. I was absolutely battered. You know, really, really battered. So this became your biggest fight. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, it it it, it took me to hell, man. You know, I tried to commit suicide because I wanted out. How many times? Um, well, I've had so many life, uh, I've had so many uh, death experiences. But the one time I tried to commit suicide was uh, because I couldn't see my, my children and everything else, and I was just drinking to cloud everything. And I, you know, and like I says, having everything and everything lo losing you, losing everything, um, and what you'd become in your mind, and then you, your mind starts playing tricks with you. And when you're continuously boozing day in, day out, day in, day out, week after week, week after week, you know, it, it does something to your brain. You know, you you ain't you ain't right, you know, and um, I'd had enough, I'd really had enough, I'd got to the point where I wanted out, you know, um, and uh, <clears throat> I was in my girlfriend's house, um, Angela, I'd met Angela, uh, and, you know, I just took enough tablets to kill an elephant, to be honest, and uh, some had told her, like, like, you know, that to to go and check on me, you know, and uh, when they come and checked on me, I was passed out and they found an ambulance and took me to the hospital. They pumped a solution into my arm, what saved my life probably, you know. Um, but even then I see the crisis team and stuff like that. And you know what? When I see the crisis team, they said, there's people in this hospital with worse problems than you. And that just fucking knocked me sideways, you know. Because I, I thought, you know, I was in such a bad, dark place, you know. Um, my mum and dad was there and Angela was there and... And uh, I was just, I was just, I was just broken, alcoholic, drunken, shivering mess. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. It's not just the misery we give ourselves; it's the misery yeah. everyone around Every, us we yeah, cause. Ex exactly. My mum and me, my mum ill, man. You know what I mean? But you know, um, because you know yourself, it, people can't change unless they want to change themselves, yeah, and yeah. it must be difficult for to be. Yeah. not want to leave them or yeah. want to walk away because yeah. you know they've got potential they know they've yeah. got greatness in yeah. them and it can be difficult because not we, yeah. we don't just kill them ourselves but we kill everybody who's trying yeah. to support yeah, us yeah. we see them yeah. not as a threat but we just we, as you, any addict manipulates every yeah. situation you become yeah. a compulsive liar and yeah. a great actor as well yeah, yeah. but the people who stick around and never leave you they're the special ones. Well, that's, the ones. that's what Angela yeah. did. You know, she stuck mm -hmm. stuck stuck by me, um, and I, I, I could see that I was a good guy, and I could I could see like You're I was just I, about lost. I was trying. Yeah, you know, I was trying, and uh, but even when I, even when after after that after that episode, even when I come out of the hospital after trying to commit suicide, I went and got a drink and started again, just on the, just within an hour of coming out of the hospital. That's how bad I was. You know, you think you had enough, ain't you? Mm -hmm. You stop. The whitey's on the wall. Stop. But I couldn't. I went straight to got me some cans and started drinking again. So what was that moment then? You decided to really go for it and really make changes in your um, life. I kept trying. I kept trying. You know, I kept trying. But that's why I, you know that's why I put my success down to God because I do do we, I do do we. But God knew I was trying. You know, I mean, and then the time, uh, oh, you know, that was a you know, I had so many things happen to me. I mean, the one time. Oh, I went to Bulgaria and I, I fell over and I just smashed my head off the toilet and uh, Angela saved my life then I just lay on the floor and the blood just pouring out and I, I couldn't get no signal on her phone 
because it was in Bulgaria, and I just had to all made together for eight hours while I was just passed out on the floor, you know, or yeah. I just bled to death, you know what I mean? There's that mm-hmm. many things, but I kept trying, I kept trying, you know, um, I kept trying, and I, I don't know what else to do, and uh, I kept trying, and then this one particular night again, uh, Angela was that worried because I'd been drinking heavily. I went to a boxing show. I, I managed to get, like I said, I managed to get some sobriety. Only when I made myself bad, that I stop, you know. And then I'd, I'd get a few weeks sobriety, and then I'd have a drink again, and then I'd start again. And this went on for quite a long time. But I went to this my last my last drink, um, my last drink. I went to a boxing event at Cannock, and um, you know, somebody pushed a drink my way. And I'd, I'd been off the drink a little bit of time. I got a bit of sobriety, <clears throat> and I thought, oh, you know, and I, I drank it. And I thought I'll only have a couple. And it was horrendous, horrendous. I made a show of myself, you know, in front of my fellow boxers who, you know, who got respect for me and stuff like that. You know, it was embarrassing, you know. And uh, I couldn't wait to get me home. And um, that was terrible. And then I was just isolated, just stuck in the room. Um, just isolated, drinking bottle after bottle again, you know. Um, and uh, this is my last last drink. This was, um, and then I was such in a mess. I was in such a mess. Um, I don't know what to do. I thought I was going to die. I really did. I looked that bad, and I thought I was going to die. And uh, I found um, I'd started I'd, a couple of times because I had spoke about a higher power. I'd, I'd started going popping in a little a church to try and find some answers, you know, expecting a big bolt of lightning to hit me, but it never did, you know. But, um, and Angela didn't know what to do, and so I found, I got, I got friends with a, uh, with a man named John Crampton, and uh, I found him, and he says, what can I do? He's going to die. Um, and they come, and they brought the, the pastor of the church. I'd only just started going, you know, just to try and find answers, because um, I, I had said, higher power. And, uh, man, it was horrendous, man. Um, I, can still, I can still picture it, like, I still, still feel the, the pain I was in. And it, they, it, 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 I found them and they come and prayed for me. Um, and they prayed for me, and they prayed for me, and they, they, they said they could feel, you know, the presence of death on me. Um, yeah, and then when they left, when they left, I was, you know, I was like just mopping about and just so fucking, you know, I'm like, you know, gives a drink and that. And then just something just happened to me. I just, I just, I just dropped on the floor and my hands and knees. And I says, God, if you're real, I said, if you are real, I said, can you take my addiction away from me? I said, I'll follow you for the rest of my life. And then uh, I had like a spiritual awakening where I felt the presence of God. Um, I never had another drink again. Right. Proud of you, brother. You know what I mean? Absolutely proud of you. And for a man. Sorry, I get upset. That's okay. Listen, it's a a natural. I cry Um, all the time. You know what I mean? But it's the truth. And Mm. and then that was on the 28th of of October 2015. Um, And I got baptised the 15th of November, just not long after. And then since I've done that, my life has changed so much. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've never wanted a drink, nor a drug. You know, I'm honest. I don't do anything wrong. You know, I just help others. And that's a great place to you be. Know, and that's for know. anybody that's watching and struggling themselves. You know. No matter if yeah. you're addicted to crack, Valium, yeah. alcohol, yeah. if you're a 
bringing out of prison all your life, no yeah. matter your past, no matter your yeah. age, people can change. That's, you know, that's what that's what happened to me. And then when I when I um once I got baptized, I just went from strength to strength. You know, I just you know I had it tattooed on my arm, two Corinthians mm-hmm. five, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. I'm a new creation, the old is gone, the new is here. Um and that's that you know, on the the book I was the book how the book come about is Angela bought me a journal. Um, and it, I don't even know if I was going to write. I don't say right. I'm going to write a book. Where can people get your book, Andy? It's on Amazon. It's on. We'll it's leave on, the links in the description yeah, it, and stuff. Yeah, it's it's on Amazon. It's only under a tenner, and it's like three pounds a package. But if anybody wants a book, um, you know, or they want to contact me, or if anybody, if any alcoholics listening who need help, I'll send you the book for free because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I've sent I've sent hundreds of books into Pentville Prison and Featherstone and everything. I mean, you know, on cost, you know what I mean, yeah. to, to help, to help, you know, help, help addicts. But uh, if anybody, you know, it's on, it's on Amazon anyway. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But, um, yeah, and then I've just gone from strength to strength, to be honest. And I only started writing that book as to try and self-help myself. She, she, Angela... She just says, You're not this man. First of all, shout out to Angela for sticking yeah. by him, by the way, because anybody would have fucking ran yeah. a mile yeah. after the, the yeah. first weekend yeah. or the first sign yeah. of anybody but, with addictions. But, but she, she's, she's the reason this book's here, mm-hmm. you know, because she just bought a journal and without no intention about a book or anything, she said, Just start writing some things of the world champions you've been in the ring with. Because I've been in the ring with everybody, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, um, and it says, You're not this man. I said, you're not this man. I said, just start writing to self-help yourself. You know, it's got psychology in it. Somebody said, you know, and um, I started writing it and I started putting some names down and the feeling of me writing them names down, I started to feel how I was when I was fighting them, when I was sparring them and that. And I started to get a bit better and a bit better. And then I managed to put it into work. I wrote the book myself with a pen and paper and I have nobody, no help, no nothing. You know what I mean? I read that myself, broken, addicted, crying sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, and I got my scrapbooks out from my boxing career and stuff like that. And that's how the book came about. So, mm-hmm. you know. Therapy for you then? Pardon? Was it therapy for you? Writing your book, putting it all yes, in paper? Yes, of course it was, yeah. Just bringing back yeah, a lot of emotions was, yeah. and releasing but as, them. But as I was, as I, don't, don't get me wrong, I still kept slipping a little bit, you know, here and there. I'd I get sober then write the book. I'd already started writing, like, notes, in the journal because Angela told me to you know she was the one who was trying to get me to self-help myself like he said it, it, you know and it did it did work mm-hmm. you know because you know because when I was writing it I was taking myself back to where I was and how strong and fit and you know and yeah. how, how I was like and you know instead of being a, a shivering wreck yeah. in, in that dark place because we hate it all we bought it all well Andy the best yeah. thing to do is accept the pain yeah. for you to release it yeah, accept yeah. it yeah, write yeah. it down do you know and what fuck it that's it yeah, there yeah. burn that burn and, the piece um, of paper or whatever you I need carried, to do I, carried, I still carried on with Alcoholics Anonymous uh, and then I started sponsoring people and helping people and stuff like that, you know. And like I said, you know, the primary purpose of Alcoholics Anonymous is to help another another alcoholic achieve sobriety, mm-hmm. you know. And that's and that's what I did, you know. But um, 
you know, I sponsor people today and, you know, I'm lucky today. I'm lucky to be set free. I, I mean, people say to me, don't you ever get an urge for the drink hand? And I said, look, I said, when I asked God to remove my addiction, that's what he did. I don't even have an urge for the drink. It's totally gone. God did it for me. I said, when I said to him, I will follow you for the rest of my life, he knew I meant it. Because I've done loads of talks and stuff, it, it, community centres, churches, recovery groups and stuff. And they said, how come God answered you? And I said, oh, I've been praying for years and I haven't, and I, and I, I haven't I, you know, I haven't had a breakthrough. And I said, well, if, if you're still, I said, if you're still sitting on the fence, I said, with your addiction, I said, the only reason God answered me, I said, because he knew I meant it. When I asked him, I said, I'll follow you for the rest of my life. If you take my addiction away, he knew I meant it. I mean, that's why I was set free. And I said, and I, and I say to everybody, if you get your heart right, I said, God will, God will deliver you. You know, I said, because he delivered me. They delivered me for no other reason, only that I meant it. But I said, I'd follow him for the rest of my life. And that's what I believe. Do you, you feel know? blessed, Andy? I feel totally blessed. Totally mm. blessed. I've got a new life. I've got a totally new life. See the world differently? Yeah, I look at everything differently. You know, and I've just, like I said, new creation. What age are you? 50 now. And you look fucking great, man. Oh, good shout, man. Do you think you get another fight again? I, I could have. <laughs> Spencer, Spencer Brown. Angela was saying, no. Spencer, Spencer, Spencer Brown said about doing one with um, Roy Jones, but he, he never got back to me. But I would do. I think Tyson, here, Tyson looks phenomenal yeah, yeah. at 54. Yeah, yeah. Age is a number. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people hit their prime, yeah. their 40s, their 50s. Yeah, I know right. guys in their 60s that yeah. run marathons. Yeah, yeah. Do you miss the fight, Andy? Um, not really. Nah, I've got to be truthful. I don't. I, I still train, and I, you know, uh, you know, train fighters and stuff like that. But I don't really miss the fighting. You know, fighting's hard work. You know what I mean? And yeah. when you've done as many as much as what I've had, and you've had as many bangs to the head as well. You know what I mean? When you've had over hundred amateur fights, lots of professional fights, and I had more. I had more fights in the gym. You know what I mean? Being a sparring partner for all the world champions. You know, I must have done 200 rounds with Chris Eubank, you know, mm. or, or more, and all the others. It's a lot of punches hitting your head. So I wouldn't really want my head being knocked no more. Does that affect you, Andy, then, as well, when you, all the punches and shit? Yeah, yeah, of course you're, you're on the ball sometimes. Bo you speak to boxers now, punch them. Yeah, up, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen it happen, because yeah. I've been around boxing all my life. There's people who haven't had as many fights as me, and then punch drunk, you know, mm. and they get, they get dementia, they get Parkinson's, and then slowed right up. You know, and so you know, I, I, I think over you know over a certain age, and when you've had a lot, because it all depends on how many miles you got on the clock, don't you? You know what I mean? You know, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I've got a lot of miles on the clock, and I don't really want my brain being rattled um, at this age. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And all the booze and the drugs and everything else. You know, I think I'll just, I think I'll just. Yeah. Uh, take but it I believe easy. everything repairs itself. I yeah. believe everything does repair itself. Yeah. I believe if you eat right, train yeah. hard. I believe the the, the, well, the powerful body is such a powerful thing in the brain. Me, my missus is a doctor and they repaired mm -hmm. me because I had liver damage, I had kidney damage, I had all, everything else and, you know, it, it does treatments what, what repaired me, you know what I mean? Because, you know, from, from, from a, it, does, it does treatments from the feet. What, um, what's reflexology similar, it's a similar, it's a similar thing, but like it causes, causes inner healing. And it causes your own body's me mechanism to release in the healing, yeah. and uh, I believe that's what healed me. I got Reiki yesterday yeah. before I came mm. here, which is spiritual yeah. energy yeah. healing yeah. energy. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, you know, but it, it does. Yeah, you can. The, the body's own mechanism, mechanism is the best yeah. way to heal itself, not tablets. You know. But uh, I'm 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 blessed. I'm you know I, I feel great. Do you still days. watch boxing and stuff? Yeah, now? I'm still involved. Yeah, I've you know I've got 
lads are training and stuff like that. I put shows on and, you know, I'm still involved and I still keep myself fit and, you know, and uh, I'm still, uh, any young lads, are, you know, they're always asking me for advice and stuff like that, you know. But, um, you know, I've just set my own ministry up, Jesus in my corner ministry, and uh, I'm interested in uh, helping people and I'm setting that up, like, you know, I've just become a registered charity and, uh, you know, and I'm going to do that. Like I said, I've just been on TBN, Gospel TV as well. Um, and I'm just interested to see where that leads me. I could on you, man. You know, do you know yeah, what I mean? As long yeah. as you find your passion, find yeah, your purpose, but, but, doesn't matter what it is. As you know, long as you're not hurting anyone. Yeah, I went up to Edinburgh. I had five. Done a talk up there. I had uh, now eight people give their life to Christ. Mm-hmm. And you know, and when 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 I was when I asked God to rel- to to relieve me of my alcoholism, and I'll follow it for the rest of my life. That's what He did. So I'm going to stick to my my end of the deal. You know, yeah. and that's what He did. You know, and also write a follow-on book of where God's led me since that book. You know, um, like I said, I've written it myself, so I'll write another one myself. So, like, the journey, like, you know, everything, what I've, what I've done since I've been sober and since I've set my ministry up and the amount of people that I've helped, you know. Is, I mean, that book has helped so many people. I've had I've had so many so many um, comments and so many people saying, I bought the book, I bought the book. Uh, I've set free from alcoholism. I've set free from addiction. You know, and it's 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 just it's just it's just helping everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you know, when when you don't know no way out, you'll try anyway, will you? Of course. If you if you like you said, if you want to get out, uh, you, uh, any any way you got to get out of it, you got to you got to mm-hmm. you got to beat it, don't you? Yeah. You know what I mean? We got it. Like I said with me, I was I was prepared to go to any lens. I tried everything. You know what I mean? And to you know, and that's why people have been you know asking me for the book. I mean, some addicts have found me up and said, "I've got no money." I, you know, I said, oh, "I'll send you a book free." You know what I mean? Because mm. that's what that's what we do. We yeah. give it, we give it, you know, we give it back. There's more pleasure in giving yeah. than of receiving. You the know gift I mean? is life. The gift in life is given. Yeah, if you yeah. help someone else, yeah. it's you, you automatically know. feels yeah. good. Yeah, and it's free. Yeah, as long as you can help someone just with a chat or whatever it is. Yeah, everything else is external. You know, yeah. but helping another human being yeah. is a beautiful yeah. thing. I mean, I won't be here today if like Angela and people help me. Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. You know, I believe God works through people and mm-hmm. put Angela in my life. And, and different things I, you know if I hadn't have had people help me I wouldn't have made it at all yeah. it's know? all synchronicity and I believe we're all here for a purpose mm. sometimes we've got to go to the darkest of places to find yeah. the light and yeah. Yeah. sometimes we're the fucking chosen ones to say right yous yeah, yous yeah. are going to have a fucked up past yeah. but he's are going to come yeah. good in the end but and it's um, a beautiful if, thing if, if I'd have probably been a world champion I wouldn't be helping people today you know, I yeah. probably wouldn't be here you know what I mean so, dead you, know, you think yeah, yeah, well I, I wouldn't be here no way I wouldn't have lasted another 12 months because the sessions of the drinking was there was death There's a lot of pressures before the, I fight, Andy. Um, not really. Nah. I, I could handle the, the pressure before fights. You know, I was all right. I, I was bothered about anybody. I never feared nobody that much. But you know, do you think a lot of do you think boxers should have a lot of things in place for mental health and stuff? I know yeah, a lot well, of boxers who struggle. Yeah, definitely because it, the stuff like that implies for footballers and stuff like yeah. that. Right? You know what I mean? But Barry McGuigan did start a professional boxers association thing once, uh, you know. But he it day it day carry on, he day carry on because you know a lot of fighters they give their life to boxing and then when it's over there's nothing for them. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Scott and Harrison, who's a good yeah, friend of mine, yeah, yeah. Who's oh, world, great fighter, world, great what a fighter. fighter he and, and again the alcohol. Yeah. He's in a great place now. He actually, just yeah. had a fight and I'll a couple him. of weeks ago, and yeah. um, he's trying to get his book out, Scott. Yeah. But addiction's a bad thing yeah, yeah. and where it takes you because you're a boxer or a fighter people yeah. think he's a tough man yeah, yeah. we're all fucking human beings I, I don't mean don't shit mate don't matter how tough you are mate when addiction comes on you yeah. in the bad bad you know the, the, don't matter who you are you know don't matter who you are yeah. you know, in, in it, like I said for me just to be 
free of addiction is is better than anything. Yeah. Like, you know, no amount, no amount can buy that. No amount of money, no amount of anything. What about turning your book into a documentary or a film? Well, I've had a few like people interested, um, but nothing's been set in stone yet. Um, but you know, I'll just wait for it to happen if it comes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it could be. A few people have asked. A few people have mentioned it. And I'll just wait and see, yeah. what, see what happens. You know, because it could could be. But it's all about helping people. That book's about helping people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Anybody who reads that book, he'll think, you know, yeah, uh, he turned his life around, mm -hmm. um, and he got set free. You know, and. Uh, I know there's some uh, harrowing harrow moments in it a little bit, but, I, you know, but... Um, well, that's I, your journey. Yeah, yeah. I kept a lot of things out. I couldn't put a lot of stuff mm -hmm. in there. You know what I mean? Back in the jail. Yeah. <laughs> now there was lots of stuff I couldn't put in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know. But um, I, I just I just put it... I put together what I thought, you know. But then that's, you yeah. could do a follow-up to the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's... Just to be an author, he's <laughs> all yeah. right. You know, like I said, I don't know ghostwriter. I'd written it all myself mm -hmm. on the pen and paper, and that's just that's that's an achievement on its own, you know. And uh, I got my cousin to put it onto Microsoft Word, like in an email, and I sent it to a few publishers, and they all, every one of them, wanted it. They all offered me a deal. Did you fight Steve Collins? No, nah, I never fought Steve. No, nah, never nah, fought um, him. No, nah, but he, he knew I was like Ben and Eubanks' main sparring partner. Mm. And uh, we've spoken a few times at a few shows and stuff like that. And uh, he's always given me high regard because he always says fighters like us at that level. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But uh, he's he a good, he, great yeah, he's a good, good guy. Steve, he was, was the first one to beat Eubank. Yeah, but I, me personally, I think Eubank, I think Steve is in the right place at the right time where Eubank had, had a lot of fights. Yeah, you know what I mean? Bond out, I think. Yeah, he'd had a lot of fights. Mm -hmm. at the, you know, he's coming to the end. You know what I mean? But. Uh, it's all about timing as well, boxing. Yeah. Is. What do you think of state of boxing now, though? Boxing today, um, I watch it. I watch it. You know, I watch it. I, I don't quite think it's as eighties um, and nineties were the years. Yeah, they? that's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, that era was. Yeah. That's, what I, that's why I, I remember yeah. boxing. My dad yeah. was a big boxing yeah. fan. Yeah. Used to do the boxing, and that's what I remember. Yeah. Those kind of guys, yeah, tough yeah. fights. I think now it's all yeah. it's all business. Yeah, the, the, there's not so many. Um, you know, not so many draws now as like there was then yeah. in the nineties. You know what I mean? Um, Too much business now. The big draws used to fight the big draws yeah, back then. Yeah, yeah. But, but the, I love Big Tyson Fury. I think yeah. his story's phenomenal, yeah, and I believe yeah. he's one of the greatest heavyweights of all yeah. time. If he beats Big Anthony Joshua, I just don't yeah. think the heavyweight division is as strong as it was well, you back in the day. You, nah, you look back at the heavyweights. You know, them are different. To say you're world heavyweight champion, like you, know, you look at the likes of. You know, Ali, Tyson, Lennox Lewis, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Holyfield. Yeah, you know, Holyfield, you know, they're not they're not like that, are they? Mm -hmm. To be honest. You know, no yeah. disrespect, but they're not. Yeah, yeah. I think so as you well. Know. But it's still phenomenal to be at that level. But that era again, the 80s and 90s, that's what yeah, I remember. Yeah. Tough fights. Yeah, yeah. Nobody hiding from anybody. Yeah. Money never really, money was always been there, but yeah. now it's all different promoters, different yeah, yeah. deals. And when I was uh, when I was in Germany, there was a. Uh, there's a an American guy there sparring with me, and uh, his dad had fought Muhammad Ali, you know, and uh, his dad was uh, Zora Foley, and this guy, uh, he was over there sparring with a couple of the heavyweights over there, you know what I mean? And uh, he, yeah, I took him out a few times and got him drunk, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> bad influence, Andy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But his dad, his dad did, his dad did, dad fought, his dad fought Muhammad Ali. Yeah, that's class, man. Yeah, yeah, Zora Foley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I remember him telling me about it. Yeah, man. Good memories. So, through all the misery, the pain, 
finding some light what's your plans for the future Andy? Uh, my plans for the future I'm going to um, I'm going to grow my ministry um, and I'm going to reach as many people as I can and I'm looking at opening a probably a residential rehab with me my partner uh, my fiance um, Dr Angela Quinn so like a Christian rehab and it's all about helping people these days um, you know and then um, yeah, you know, it's all about helping people. And also, like I said, I should write another follow-on book. But uh, we're looking at opening a, a rehab for people with drink and drug problems, um, you know. Mm. So when you talk about it, I know it brings back a lot of emotion. What's your thought process now when you think about it? You just, you kind of laugh off as well. And kind of back When you talk about your story, obviously it brings, brings back a lot of emotions. But do you ever laugh and go, fuck me, I was in a bad place? no. I don't laugh nah. about it. You can see the, the emotional in my yeah. face. Like, you know, there's, it's serious, mm-hmm. you know. But I, like I said, I've, I'm glad to be free. But I don't I don't laugh at it because mm-hmm. I was in, you know, death was the only way out for me. Mm-hmm. But I was in so much pain and I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, yeah. I couldn't beat it myself. And, you know, whether people are religious or not, it makes no difference to me. That's what happened to me. You know what I mean? And uh, then when I was doing, this is another bit, another story where I felt the presence of God. My sponsor, who I told you about, who um, who got a, got a good sponsor, We're doing the twelve steps of recovery. You've heard the twelve steps, yeah, yeah. Well, I got I got I got on the twelve steps, and um, I got my sponsor to take me through the steps, and uh, <clears throat> I got I got you know the main step, but the, the the main first step is the primary purpose uh, is to admit that your life's unmanageable, and you know you call. You know, you, you call, have a drink and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, and then I got to steps four and five. And I had to do, write an inventory out of all the people that I'd harmed, you know. Um, and don't forget, you know, I'd harmed some people, you know what I mean? I'd done some bad things, you know. I, was, I used to beat people up and do things and stuff like that, debt collecting and all sorts of stuff, you know. And um, with this inventory, I started writing it down uh, and going through the steps, going through it. And um, when I was on steps four and five, I felt I had a spiritual awakening where I felt the presence of God again. And my sponsor said to me, he said, you've just felt the presence of God, ain't you? I said, how did you know? Because like I went, like your horrific feeling will come and rush over me. I went all hot and I went all funny. And he said, I seen you. And he said, Andy, he said, God's just forgiven you for all the bad things you've done. He goes, he's set you free. And that's, that was, an, I had two spiritual awakenings, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, where, where God has touched me both, you know. So I'm just blessed to be set free. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that to me, like I told you, he's, he's, he's better than anything. Because I was, I was gone, man. I was gone. I've been brought back to life. Yeah. For um, anybody watching, Andy, that's maybe in the struggle, that's battling some sort of addiction, what advice would you have for them? I'd, well, I'll tell them, don't suffer on your own, because a lot of people suffer on their own. I'd tell them to get an Alcoholics Anonymous, because Alcoholics Anonymous helped help me, you know, and I'd say, I'd, I'd, I'd recommend um, do everything you can. Um, get help um, and I would say go to Jesus he's only a prayer away because mm-hmm. I did I asked God for help he answered my prayer because he knew that I meant it you know and uh, anybody who asks the Lord Romans ten thirteen, anybody who calls on the name of the Lord they shall be answered but if you're only if, if you call trick him you've got to be you've got to be ready you know God's only a prayer away and it's, and it's free this, this is what I tell people I say it's free I say but you've got to be honest and you've got to want it you know what I mean and that's what happened with me, 
you know, he knew I was ready. He knew I'd, he knew I'd honour what I said. When I said I'll, I'll follow you for the rest of my life, he knew I meant it. And I'll, I'll mean it with a passion. And that's why I've set my ministry up. I'm registered charity. I go around helping people. And that's my passion today. Yeah. And that's why I believed I was saved. You know, no other reason, because I was a goner. You know, I don't take no credit for it myself. I really don't. You know, I kept trying. I, I did keep trying, yeah, you know. But I, I, I couldn't do it myself. So only when I had that moment where I felt spiritual awakening where I had the presence of God and I never had another drink then I got baptised then I done my steps then I had another spiritual awakening and God works through people as well he put Angela in my life I want to meet it without that lady there no way you know and, and pff, no way you know and um, I'm just lucky you know anybody yeah. who's struggling give it all you got man give it all you got you know because it kills you otherwise you know yeah. if you can suffer on your own you are doing you need help but a prime example, and people can change. You yeah, can better your life. Yeah, yeah. And but to be, and just to be the way I am today. I mean, I was never honest. I was never anything. I was always a, 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 a criminal sort of thing. I, you know, I dealt in all sorts of stuff. You know what I mean? And just to be, just to live a normal life, just normal, honest, good life. I turn away from my past, my criminal past. I ain't, sure, I ain't proud on anything like that, or I did. I don't think it's big or anything like that, all the stuff that I used to do, all the criminal, criminal activity that I used to do. I don't think that's good. I, I, I like having peace in my mind, peace in my heart, and knowing, sitting right in my head today, and sitting right with God. Yeah. You know, he's changed, he gave me a new life. Man, I'm going to honour everything, every, everything I said to him. I said, I'm going to follow him for the rest of my life, and I want to make as many disciples to, to Christ as I can. You know, I work for his kingdom now, and I work, and I work for myself. You know, all the shit you've done in the past as much as you don't like it if you never done it you wouldn't be where you are no, today you wouldn't no. be helping others showing no. them not to go down the same route mm. you went down so as what it is mate we all make mistakes we're human mm. beings you're going to continue yeah. to make mistakes mm. I'm going to continue to yeah, make yeah. mistakes but as long as we can learn from yeah, them as long yeah. as we don't slip back into the Life's old le- characters learning, ain't it? it's yeah. a learning curve ain't it? exactly you know. no matter if you have a belief in Christ or a belief in some sort yeah, of higher power, whatever yeah, it is. I agree. If it's keeping you on a good path yeah. and being true to you, honesty is key. I mean, some people come in the meetings and they don't believe in God, they don't believe in anything like it, and we say that's fine. And some people just have the, the meetings as the higher power. You know what I mean? But it, some some people it works for them, mm-hmm. you know, and it works. But my story, that's what worked for me. And I mean, but you know, I'll just say to anybody, you know, put everything you got into it because it won't go away on its own. You know what I mean? Put everything you got into it. If you got alcohol problems, addiction problems, anything, you got to, like you said, address the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, face it head on because yeah. it ain't going to go away. No. You can block it out, but when you block it out, you just want more drink or drugs mm. to numb it out. Mm. But you've got to face it head on. No matter what 12 step program it is, no matter if it's picking up the phone and even asking someone who's been to a 12 step program mm. for advice, mm. there's people out there that want to help, there's mm. people out there that want to better your mm. life. Mm. But first of all, shoot, must be at your life. Yeah. And the guidance is there. So, Andy, for coming on today, brother, and telling your it's story. Pleasure. Also, people will get Andy's book. I'll leave the link in the description. And I look forward to the follow up. But yeah. would you like to finish up on it, Andy? Um, I just want to, can I just, can I just uh, say a little prayer? For, of course you for, can. Um, um, I just want to pray for everybody who's listening. Um, I just want to pray for James to continue. Uh, his good work um, and I just want to pray for all the listeners um, and I just want to pray for anybody who's got addiction problems uh, in, in, in any form um, that they get something from this today and I just want to give all the glory to God for me being here today because I was you know I was a sinner I was lost and I was gone and I give Jesus all the all the glory so thanks for having me Amen Thank you brother Amen See you soon okay. Keep Thank fighting you.
You can also watch my podcast on my YouTube channel. The link is in the bio if you'd like to subscribe. You can follow me on my social media platforms to see who my next guest is. Follow me on Facebook at James English 11, Twitter, James English 0, Instagram, James English 2. You can also download these podcasts on iTunes or Spotify. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.